0: Welcome
1: to Continuous Play's The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. This is probably my favorite Buffy episode of the whole series. And Jay Newcastle.
0: I mean, seriously. Okay, I got real problems. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay And I'm Brian. We're here to talk about season four, episode 21, Primeval, written by David Fury. Having split from the group, Buffy goes to look for Riley. Riley was led to Adam, we learn, because Adam activated the behavior modification chip in Riley's chest that places him under Adam's control. Adam takes Riley to a secret lab in the Initiative where he sees that doctors Walsh and Engelman have been turned into zombie hybrids, serving as lab assistants to Adam, who's turned Forrest into a demon-human hybrid just like himself. Meanwhile, Buffy realizes it was Spike who pitted the group against one another to distract them from focusing on Adam. They all get together, decide to make up temporarily, and plan to raid the Initiative. Spike, still waiting for Adam to remove his chip, learned that Adam's final phase is to start a war inside the Initiative by releasing all of the captive hostiles and locking the exits. The gang infiltrates the initiative and Buffy attacks Forrest, but he, Walsh, and Engelman pin her down and prepare to kill her. Riley, using all of his strength, rips out his chip from his chest and takes out Walsh and Engelman, freeing Buffy to go rejoin Giles, Willow, and Xander for their plan. Riley fights Forrest and defeats him by throwing a leaking canister of flammable gas at him while he's standing underneath sparking electrical wires. Buffy reunites with the other three and they perform an enjoining spell combining Willow, Xander, Giles into Buffy's body and summoning the essence of the Slayer, starting all the way back to the very first one. This creates an uber Buffy if you will, who easily beats Adam by magically turning off all his attacks and ripping out his uranium core which Riley learned about from Jonathan in Superstar. The gang along with Spike, who's now back on their side, apparently, escape from the initiative, saving as many as they can from the battle raging inside. The command in Washington declared the experiment a failure, realizing that science could never hope to contain the power of the demons in the magical world that they were invading. The initiative is to be filled in with concrete, and the case files closed forever. And Brian, that is the episode summary for... It. It's really the end of the season, an episode early, for Primeval here. So first thing out of the gate, how did you feel about the fact that the season ender isn't the last episode of the season?
1: I was quite confused and wondering what the heck is going on, because now we've taken care of the only thing that we could see as the evil factor Uh, an episode too early. Seemed
0: kind of odd. Definitely seems odd. I want to tell you, it's only in retrospect now, having seen this as many times as I have, and they'll never admit to it. But I believe firmly the producers and the writers of this show looked at this as they were getting near the end and they realized we really got nothing here. We need to get out of this and set up The stuff that's to come because here's the deal if if you don't know this and you don't you don't know this until you've watched them the angel show breaks like this angel show always wraps its big arc the next to the last episode and then the last episode sets up whatever the heck's going to happen next season and i think joss borrowed that idea for this season and You know what? It's the first season ender not written by him either. Doug Petrie and David Fury have really written the end of the season four arc. So it's a different take.
1: It is, it's interesting, and this is, I think, the only time that's going to happen, too, in the Buffy series. You mentioned that the Angel series does it pretty much every season of the, of the five that they do. But the Buffy series, this is the only season where they do that, wrap it up as an episode early, and then move on to kind of pre- prepping you for what's to come in season five, which is really what happens in the next episode, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting, and I, I was left a little bit confused. Uh, at the end of watching this episode as to why we were done already and what were we w- wondering what we were going to do next. And um, so, yeah, it was an interesting way to do it.
0: Well, it, you know, we said last time the whole theme was the fact that everybody's really been apart anyway and they finally have the knockdown drag out. And when you're kids and you're irrational, that can really change your relationship. But as you get older and you become adults and you finally let the wolf out of the bag usually that's the beginning of the healing process if you're really close with people and let's face it giles willow xander and buffy are as close as any four people can get they're certainly the closest of any four characters that's been in this show yeah and you you knew the band wasn't going to stay broken up you knew it wasn't going to happen you know and so and it's buffy who realizes this is all spike's fault and it's probably because he's betraying us for adam because that's what spike is want to do so because he doesn't care about any of us so I, I like the fact that it doesn't take them long to get back together even though it takes right. them a little bit to get to the huggy part and we'll get to that in a second <laughs> but the i like that they they all kind of gr- have grown up enough to go wait a minute you know maybe all of what we said we needed to say but this is big. We're bigger than that. And this whole problem is bigger than those petty things.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I liked how they did the whole spike thing too, where how she figured it out was basically by walking through these caves and running into spike. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he kind of says something about how it's too bad you had a falling out. About yep. her and Willow, at which he shouldn't have known about, and that's how she's kind of like, uh huh, I see, and goes back and talks to Willow and and works things out. But I like that whole thing. You know, I thought it was a good way to do it to have him trip up and really kind of give away the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is he is his own worst enemy because Spike can never shut up, and right. <laughs> we've learned that, and he really can't in front of Buffy. And you know what? Props to Buffy for going being kind of sly and going, uh huh. And just sort of tucking that away, and then when she walks out of the cave, she's like, she knows. Right. And and I like that that because you know what, Buffy's gone. Buffy's put herself through some hell this year, and the fact that you can see she's kind of grown a little bit as a person was nice to see because I was beginning to wonder if any of that was ever going to pay off to anything that mattered, and clearly it has. It's it's matured her. Maybe it's hardened her, even you could say, but it's matured her enough to realize. Uh, and you know what? She wants to get everybody back together because she knows how important they really are. Even though she said all that crap about there's no prophecies about those slayers and their friends, that's just a hurtful thing she would say. It's pretty well right. all she had left to say at that point, right? I like the fact that she knows I've got to have these people. They've, you know, we've saved each other so many times. There's no way I can do this without them, even though it's just Adam.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great thing that she realizes and she realizes it, uh, you know, in this episode, but uses it again as we'll go on into the next episode too, which I think is kind of good. We finally have come to terms with that. She is an unconventional slayer. She does it her way and it works for her. And when she doesn't do it her way, she's not as strong and she's finally realizing this. And I think that's a good thing for her and a good thing for, uh, the whole group to know that she needs them, they need her, it's a whole, it works together. When they're separated, it doesn't work as well. And so I like that, that whole aspect of it as well. Um, you, you know, what, <laughs> what did you think of the whole zombie Dr. Walsh and, uh, Uh-oh. Dr. Engelman?
0: I thought that was horrible. I, that oh, was man. so lame. They could have just been two random initiative people. Why okay. did it have to
1: be Engelman and Walsh? Exactly one, but, but the part where, uh, the cyborg forest, tells Riley, who's trying to talk to Professor Walsh, that she can hear him but can't talk to him. And then two seconds later, she talks to him. What the crap?
0: <laughs> yeah, they let that one slide. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, that was, uh, Look, man, I, I want to tell you, I never thought I'd see Maggie Walsh again. And the fact that they got Lindsey Cross to come back and do that is one thing. But I, that was pointless. If he had reanimated her like Forrest... Had been done. It would have made more sense. It would, yeah, it wouldn't. But maybe he's threatened by her because she is his creator. So why would he want to totally bring her back online? I don't know. I, I needed a little, again. I need a little more explanation about what Adam was trying to accomplish.
1: Right. I agree. And what about the whole concept where they have the tubes f- with blood flowing through the bodies to keep them what, animated?
0: Hey, what is that what? growing out of her butt? And okay, <laughs> that's all I, and I all know. It,
1: yeah. And all it took was. To disconnect the tubes. And that I was it. Killed him. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so weird.
0: That's it. Look, you know why they were there, man? Because there's no way on earth we would ever totally believe that Forrest could pin Buffy down and have her in a position yeah. <laughs> where she would be vulnerable. He might get her down, but she would kill him. She would. She has slayed so much better than that. And right. they, and they know that. They're like, we got. It's got to be like a three on one. And it also gives Riley something to lack of a better way of saying it, Brian, Hulk up for and go in there for the big power finish.
1: Yes, yeah, I agree. Now the whole chip in Riley's. This is what we we saw at the end of the last episode was Riley yep. showing up. We find out that Adam, or uh, that Maggie Walsh, I guess, put a chip into his heart, uh, right by his heart. And that it was activated by Adam, and he basically controls everything that Riley does with words. So he can tell him to not talk, and Riley can't talk. And, and it—what did you think of that? Did you, did you like that whole concept? I thought it was kind of uh, yuck. I can I tell you—they left us with that great cliffhanger
0: about—is he going to join the bad side now? What's the deal here? And they—they they blow it immediately. There's going to be time That too. could kind of be my review of this whole mini arc here to end this season is that they have all these cool things they set up and then they blow it quick. I mean, they don't know what they're doing, like a 13 year old kid. They don't know yeah. how to control it at all. And, and it blows up so fast. Like, they explain that away so quick. And it's like, that's all it was. Well, why the heck hadn't Adam, mod- you know, hit that sucker before and had Raleigh well, turn only,
1: on Buffy? You now, exactly. That's the whole thing right there that blew, blew my mind about this. He's got complete control of him, and apparently Forrest as well. Yeah. They have complete control of him, and yet they don't use him to fight yeah hey like, wouldn't you command him to fight Buffy
0: Who has had Buffy in more compromising positions than Riley? he's been exactly. in bed with her so many times- to- mean, think about that. you could flip the switch on that and he could go off on her and I mean, maybe it wouldn't work. Maybe it would. I don't know. But th- that, to me, seemed like we got to have a reason for Riley to go to Adam. Uh, no, he's not going to turn everybody. Yeah, it's, do he does nothing. nothing. He sits in the chair, and it's all about the the whole bit here is about learning how to be in control of your own destiny, right? And Riley has been what all along, Brian? He's been the dutiful soldier. Well, now he's really taking the final steps of screw this. And he's breaking the chains, and he, he by force of his own will rips that chip out of his chest, which tells me two things. Those modification chips, those things don't last forever, so I'm waiting for Spike to get his out, cause you know that's gotta come soon. And, and that's and, another thing. And it get, but it gives Riley something to do where he finally takes control
1: and doesn't wait to be ordered to do something. And I did like that. I agree, but, but, uh, the fact that he's able to take a shard of glass, cut his chest, reach in past all of his ribs and everything else that's there, and grab the chip out from, they said it was placed you know by his heart, and he doesn't bleed to death, blows my mind. He needed to cauterize that wound. (laughs) Yeah. Still though, it just to me that was a little too much. It's the mark of something that is set up and
0: completed too fast. Again, it's it's we're just we got to get through it and. We'll just we'll just say he cuts it out. And if you're going with the episode, Brian, if you're not picking it apart, which is what we're doing, I mean, that's above the point of the retrospective, right, is to go through and pick these things apart. If you're just going with it and you kind of flow with it, I'll be honest with you, you can kind of get into this episode if you look at it as a big old action movie. Because that's really what it turns out to be. It's a great action movie for about 10 minutes. And I, I, I honestly caught myself just going with it and it's only in thinking back about it before we recorded this tonight that i'm thinking how ridiculous all of it is you know and it's it's anytime you start applying too much logic to the action movie (laughs) i mean (laughs) nick and i talked about this on film strip when we did Die Hard and lethal weapon there's just some of this stuff you just got to go with and that was something i was going to go with and i'm not gonna lie to you it's ridiculous, but I go with it. I actually kind of liked that because, again, there was some weight to it. That was a character we'd seen struggle with this the whole year, and he finally did something on his own, and I like that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I liked it, too, and I like that he was able to break it. But, again, they just wasted that whole ability there through oh, yeah. the whole episode where they could have done something real interesting with it, and I think it would have been much cooler had they commanded him to fight, and he's fighting, and he's and he's fighting himself. As well, trying to stop him from doing it, and then be able to to take control that way, than to dig out this little chip in his heart and all. That. It had to come out obviously anyway, because otherwise it's sitting there. He's behavior modification anytime they need and whatnot. But still,
0: well, think think about this though too, right? the The whole point is the first time he left the initiative, it was really because Buffy was there rescuing Oz, right? And he was a part of that, but. This time it's because he's making that choice. And I think that's the, the weight of what we're supposed to put behind this is that this is Riley yeah. breaking those chains once and for all and standing up. And doing the right thing, and not just taking it. But it could have been so much better, Brian. If think about if they had activated that chip like four episodes ago, and you didn't really know whose side he was on anymore. If there had been drama intriguing. to that, yeah. That, see, again, another great opportunity that was lost because we had to do an episode where Jonathan was the superstar. Not true. You know, and I mean, I mean, really, that's that's what happened. This is this is four episodes worth of good ideas jammed into one.
1: Now, what did you think also of the whole um, the spell or I don't know what you want to really call it? It's a spell. Yeah, it's a spell. they have Xander, Giles, Willow doing the spell. To me, it would have made more sense if they also included Terra.
0: Well, I can. I, I agree with you from a logistical point of view. You would want her in there, but I think the point is It's that about the group. It, it's about the group, and they've all been apart, and they've got to get back together. And even before that, when they're repelling into the initiative, Buffy and Willow make up, and then they grab Xander and they hug and kiss him, and they they grab Giles, and it's we're all in this together. You know, I mean that's that's what the point yeah. is, and. Tara's still too new to us as the audience. For I'll be honest with you, I don't know that I would have accepted it. Even though it makes sense, I really needed it to just be the four of them doing the thing.
1: Yeah, I think you're right there, too. But it just seems like none of them had the, the magical um, fortitude to pull this off themselves, that they needed someone with a little more experience. But again, I agree that it had to be the four of them working together to really make it come full circle, but it just seems like it wasn't right.
0: But it's really, Giles does have that power, but Tara helps him put it together. I mean, that's the thing is she helps him put this thing together. So, in essence, she's a part of it, even though she's not physically there. And I would say Giles would have the power to do this. He's the – I mean, yeah, this is the Ripper, right. so hes he's got it. And I, you know what, though? As I'll tell you, it seems kind of ridiculous that we're all going to – by the power of Grayskull, we'll all combine the Thundercats and you know Voltron, <laughs> all these cool. memories of my childhood coming back together where we combine something and it becomes the Uber or whatever. But I got to tell you, I, I dug it, man. And it, look, they're totally ripping off the Matrix
1: right here, and I was cool with that. Yeah. I'm on the fence. I I wasn't a big fan of the uber Buffy, and here's why. I think that Buffy, as a character herself, should have been able to overcome Adam on her own without having to rely on becoming uber Buffy to do it. Because this is Buffy. She's magical, she's mystical, she's got all these powers. She should have been able to find a way herself to punch through Adam and grab that uranium cell and without having to be super powerful uber Buffy taking on every power of every Slayer past him that there was. I just felt like it should have been Buffy doing it, not a mystical Buffy.
0: Well, can I tell you? And again, it's the the shooting the, the fireworks early here. I knew the first time I saw this and I know it every time I'm watching it, there, there's going to be something to pay for this. They're setting something else up. Sure by having done this, because this is not the kind of show that will let you get away with something like that. And I'll I i was, I'll be honest with you, even though it is a little... I'm with you. Buffy could kill Adam, and I believe that firmly. I mean, she could totally take him out. But the fact that they will go to these links and unlock that door and open that Pandora's box, I, it leaves me going, ooh, I wonder where they're going to go with that. I mean, that left right. me wanting to know more. And I, I'll tell you, in that respect, it's an effective story unit for me like I'm I'm willing to go with it because at least again it's getting somewhere
1: I think had they had they done this as the final episode and that be the cliffhanger it would have been very unsatisfying but I agree with you since we come back to it in the very next episode and deal with the consequences of it it works I But, you know, I just wanted to say my piece that I think it should have been Buffy to kill Adam, not uber Buffy.
0: Well, you know what? And I'll tell you, it's it's the fact that we don't know what it would have looked like if Buffy and Adam fought. Because, again, they almost fought for eight seconds a few episodes (laughs) ago. So we've never seen what that would have even looked like. So I have no frame of reference for what that would be. Like, the idea that when Buffy faced the Master you know she she died but her friends brought her back to life and then she went and kicked his ass you know when right. she faced angel she had a couple of different you know she had multiple face offs with him before she finally had the strength to kill him and had yep. to do it at the worst time right and what she assembled the army to take out the mayor so i i was okay with the fact that it was going to take something for buffy to gear up to go to the end, but by no means did I think it was necessary. It was done as because we need to do something to move these characters forward. And it, I'll be honest with you, Brian, watching this the first time through those years ago, it gave me hope because I I felt like this show had fallen off the cliff. And just to do a little comparison for you, this thing, the ratings compared to like season three's ender and season two's ender had dropped a full point at this point. People had walked yeah. away from this show because they felt like it had totally lost its way. And in a lot of ways it had. And I, yeah. I knew they had to be ramping up for something big. And I was just ready to see whatever that was because I, I, and the fact that it didn't take much to take out Adam. Confirms for me every time I see it that he is a weak villain. He's never set up to be a strong villain, and the writers and the producers even know how much of a douche he is, and that they just wipe him and he's gone. I mean, there's nothing. I don't know if you've been around uranium much, Brian, but you can't exactly hang on to it like that. So maybe that's another (laughs) reason you want magical Buffy touching it. I don't know. I'm just saying, but (laughs) but yeah, but but I mean, but really, I mean, they know it's a stupid thing, and they dispose of him. As quickly as they did the vamps in any of the other episodes, she staked. Because when it, you know, remember back to the first episode, we saw Sunday beat the crap out of her, and we're like, how how did that even happen? And then when she finally gets her confidence, what happens? She lays waste to them like they're not even there. Well, when she finally gets the gang back together in the confidence what happens? Adam is no match at all for this. And that's right. how it goes. So, let me ask you, how did you like the after that because they all have to go out of there through the what I call the action movie part of the episode.
1: Well, I, again, you know, I'm it, it's fine whatever, but to have them as uh, the four of them, or actually five if you count Riley, escape through this carnage without being really harmed at all just seems a little over the top. Then I I, honestly, they should have been able to escape a different route because they came in a different route. The doors are now unlocked again. They should have been able to get out without having to go through that melee, but they went through it anyway.
0: Yeah. But think about how unsatisfying that would have been. Like I wanted to see that place being burnt down. I needed to see that place just being blown to bits and we get to see that, and it's when they bring Spike back in the fold, too, because miraculously, he's now on their side again after he kills some, you know, <laughs> werewolf right. thing. And, but he goes out there and starts fighting with them, so you get this idea that, okay, I guess Spike's finally learned his lesson, maybe, I don't know. But I, I liked it. I'm going to tell I dug the action movie, man. I, I was, again, I was just chewing the popcorn. I knew it was stale, and I was just going with it, because it, it was at least giving, if it wasn't going to give me good story, at least it was going to give me good action and people finally doing stuff that I knew they could do. And you know what? That, that group of people should be able to wade through that crowd the way they did after everything they've been through. And they did. They mowed right through them and got out.
1: Yeah, they did. And it was fine. But, you know, after that, we see the whole government group at kind of like a hearing. They're watching this all go down on the TV screens. (laughs) And they're kind of talking like it's a hearing on what to do next. And to me, that was just kind of, that was kind of silly.
0: Oh, no, man, that was, that was exactly what a bureaucratic body would come to a resolution of something
1: like this would be. That is exactly what that would look like, man. Yeah, worked- but to sit there and watch it as it goes down on the TV screens in this committee seemed a little over the top.
0: See, I got the feeling they were showing us something that took place days weeks in advance and then we flash back to you know real time or whatever that this they're giving you the end of here's what's going to happen to the initiative we're going to fill it in with concrete the end and everybody else will be debriefed and and done you know and that that's it and that we were trying to wrap that up so that we didn't have any lingering, I mean, as if you would have lingering questions about what happened to the initiative, you know, but I mean, that's I think, where they say. So.
1: I think this was all real time. And the reason I think it will we'll come to head in the next episode at the very beginning when Riley goes off to get debriefed. It was literally oh. the next
0: day. You're right. Actually, I think it's even the same night. So you're right. It could be. Yeah.
1: Gosh! Well,
0: so they're monitoring this as it's happening.
1: Exactly. Well, just a little over the top. They're watching all the carnage go on. They're just like, eh, they're all going to kill each other anyway. We're not going to go in and try and even save them. We'll just fill it in with concrete after everyone's dead.
0: Well, I mean, they're telling McNamara this minutes before he gets killed, too. If, if this is in real time, like you're saying, and I think you're right, I may have been wrong there. So, no, I am wrong there. So, if this is, well, that is even stupider than I thought it was. Never mind. <laughs> that's just, well, like, that's, I'm with you. That's, I'm on the lame train. That was dumb. So well, well, Brian, I think we're at the point of the podcast where we give our dustings rating. So, what is your dustings rating for Season 4, Episode 21, Primeval?
1: I didn't really care a lot for this episode, as you probably could tell throughout my comments uh, going on. So for me, this is a, a, a two dustings. Uh, there's nothing redeeming about it. I don't like how it ends. I don't like that Uber Buffy was the one who killed. I, I like the consequence of Uber Buffy that we get into in the next episode, but I just didn't like it at the time. And I don't like it during this episode. And even though Adam's finally done with and over, it's still just... It was an unsatisfying plot and an unsatisfying finish to the, I guess, arc of the season.
0: Brian, I can't argue with anything you said in that last sentence. This is an unsatisfying arc, and it's it's a rather unsatisfying season. But I'm going to tell you, coming to this point, and again, as the fan of this series like you are, and I haven't seen this a number of times, when I get to this point, I just go with it. These two episodes are not good. They don't rank up there at all with the season-enders we've had before. But for what they are in their own little vacuum, I went for the ride, man. Sometimes I'll go for the cheesy no plot shoot 'em up action movie. Just because I want to see that kind of stuff. like The the most recent Ghost Rider, uh, Spirit of Vengeance movie, is nothing but just a crazy, shoot-em-up, wild ride. But you know what? I went with it, man. And I'm telling you people, I, this may shock you, but I'm giving it three dustings. Because for me, it finishes something that's not very satisfying, but it does it in a way that works. As an over-the-top, shoot-em-up action movie. I, I went with it dude and and i'm i'm gonna go with it i'm gonna give it three dustings. Well, Brian, we've got one more episode left in our retrospective, and it'll be coming up next week. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of The Art of Slaying, our Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslaying.com. You can also find links to our social media pages. You can find links to our film podcast, Filmstrip, where you can peruse through the archives of some of the movies we reviewed and also read our latest feature from our fellow movie podcaster, Nick, Nick's Picks, where he does some reviews of the television shows he watches tons of content for you you can find us on itunes leave us a review we really appreciate that and most of all we appreciate your listenership and support so until next time for brian i'm jay thanks for tuning in to the artist slayer Buffy the vampire slayer is the copyright of fox television studios and any discussion of the characters episodes or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only